Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today is a very special day. On the show, Judy Batallion, author of White Walls, a memoir about motherhood, daughterhood, and the mess in between, is celebrating her book birthday. Today is the release date. Judy, welcome to the show, and congratulations. Thank Hi, you so Judy. much welcome. for having me. Oh, sorry. Hi. That's okay. <laughs> so this is an exciting day. It's the release date. It is. It's my uh, birthday. I'm in the post-labor glow right now. I love it. So let's just get right into it. What inspired you to write White Walls? Um, Yes, let's get right in. Um, You know, it's funny. People often ask me, why did you write this book? And I feel like in some ways, I I couldn't not write this book. Um, I feel like I've been, I actually tried to write other books, but this story and this book kept creeping up in, in really everything I was doing. Um, I'd actually, this, the main themes in the book, so themes of mother-daughter relationships, um, home, and what does it mean to feel at home and or to feel foreign, um, and our relationship to objects, that's the sort of hoarding and minimalism themes. These were subjects that I really have been writing about for decades. Um, mm-hmm. Before before I, I committed to writing memoir, um, I was really, uh, I was in my 20s, I was a art historian and a stand-up comic. And these very same themes, you know, followed me through, through those projects as well. Um, and then finally I sort of shifted. Um, I think two things happened to me around the same time. Uh, and one of them was that I, I decided to write memoir and to explore slightly more uh, serious aspects of, my, of myself and my past. And I wrote an essay about my mother's hoarding. And it was very difficult for me to expose myself like this. Um, everything else I'd previously written had been just humor or criticism. Um, and people really related to, to the essay and to that kind of first-person writing. So I started to think, hmm, perhaps there is a book here. Um, and then I got pregnant somewhat unexpectedly. Um, and these factors together sort of is what began writing what really became the book White Walls. Um, and, and even then, I went through a very long process of how the book would be organized and really focused. Would it be about home? Would it be about objects? Um, but as I be- was more and more pregnant and then became a mother, I started to realize um, that the the parent and the mother daughter dynamic was really the crux of the that the sort of arc around which I could tell best tell the story um, and then and then what was interesting as well was that um I felt like it was one of those stories that I began to tell because i didn't i didn't see similar books, so I loved there's so many wonderful memoirs that I loved that were tales about growing up with a mentally ill or dysfunctional parent. Um, And then on the other hand, there were so many interesting books about being a parent um, and unusual tales of that. But I never, I hadn't seen any books that combined those. 
And I felt like what I wanted to read, and as such, what I wanted to write was um, was that that book that married both the experience of daughterhood and of motherhood. Mm. It really, you know, you discussed the trauma that your mother and your grandparents went through as refugees escaping the concentration camps. And there's been all these recent studies that sort of suggest we can actually inherit that trauma from our parents and ancestors. And did you feel as though you inherited some of the panic and anxiety that your grandparents and your mother must have felt as a result of escaping and, you know, emigrating to Canada? Um, I mean, the short answer is yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here pacing through the room. I'm certainly anxious. Um, but, um, you know, the book the book is called uh, White Walls, a memoir about motherhood, daughterhood, and the mess in between. And I really, I often think the heart of the book is in that mess in between. I, I feel like the story um, I was trying to tell was a generational, I'm interested in the idea of generational translation. Can you change family dynamics from one generation to the next? Uh, and if so, how how do you do that? And I guess in, in writing it, I thought a lot about um, these issues of how, do we take on the issues that our that our ancestors and our parents had? Is it is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it uh, life condition? Um, and and if so, can we change them as well? And I and I, I think and hope we can. So yes, I do think my life. Uh, has definitely been shaped by um, inheriting anxiety. Um, and in the book, you know, you ask about my family traveling or, you know, running away. In the book, I myself run away and traveled through different countries. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I hope perhaps I've changed a little bit. You mentioned in the book your mother had hoarded you know, a variety of items, you know, everything from old paper towels to cans of tuna fish and, you know, assorted overdue library books and VHS tapes. It was kind of like she built a physical wall between mm-hmm. the two of you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you grew as you grew up and, you know, you began your own family, I think, you know, you made mention of starting to understand the gift of being given the space to grow on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, it gave it was a barrier, but it was almost like a little bit of a gift to have that. It must have been, you know, extremely cathartic to write about this. Do you think it helped heal those wounds you inherited and and maybe your mother's too when she read the book for the first time? Oh, gosh, big question. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I feel like in writing this kind of memoir, I mean, my project was so, so much a case of, uh, life inextricably linked with art. Um, and, I mean, I began writing the book when I was pregnant and felt, and really felt I somehow had to reconcile this relationship with my mother before I became a mother myself. Um, and that really guided a lot of the writing. Um, so I was really writing it to answer very real questions for myself. Um, of course, after writing it, I sort of realized that in many ways, as you say, becoming a mother answered a lot of those questions in and of itself. Um, but it certainly, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, it's even complicated in writing memoir where to end the story because it just keeps going on. 
Um, mm-hmm. my, mother, my mother read the book. Uh, I think you asked if I thought this may have changed our relationship through that. And uh, I, I was very, very nervous. I, I, as you can imagine, the book is Absolutely. A lot, so much so about my mother's hoarding and her mental illness and her very fragile emotional states. Um, and in the past few years, my mother's been quite ill and um, and often goes into very depressive and even suicidal uh, moments. Um, and I was very, I, I was considering not showing her the manuscript at all. Um, but she, but she asked to see it, and I certainly felt I owed that to her. Um, and uh, and so I was in Montreal visiting last summer, and. And I, I put it off and put it off and put it off, but finally um, I thought it would be a good time to show it to her just in case there was an emergency or something happened. So I eventually gave her the pages um, and uh, didn't hear from her for a couple of days. Uh, and then she called, and she was very serious. And, you know, Judy, I read your book, and I, I, you know, I panicked, and I was like, you know, I can get to her soon if there's any problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, you know... The tone in chapter 17 is really off. What? (laughs) She's like, yeah, you know, I like the way you merge humor and pathos, but, you know, uh, I I think in that case you lose emotional impact. And I would cut that. I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, it was such a surprising reaction um, Mm -hmm. uh, to the story. Um, But then, of course, I reminded myself that my mother and I, my mother, above all, loves literature. She herself was a poet, and uh, if she could have, I'm sure would have written many, many books. Um, So I, uh, you know, literature has, and it reminded me, literature has been a way that we've connected uh, forever, even though our, my childhood relationship with her was very fraught. Um, you know, I have really great memories of us reading together, and my mom was obsessed with puns and Amelia Bedelia, and I, and even as I grew up, we you know we developed this long distance relationship by phone, but would often talk about my romantic life, um, which she was very keen on comparing to um, Miss uh, Sex in the City, and she made all these parallels, <laughs> and you know the Aiden yes. Mister Big Scale became a big thing. It was the nineties. Um, yes. Uh, so we'd always sort of connected through literature, um, even when it was me writing it about her. Um, so that was, you know, a very, very pleasant surprise. And we did end up speaking about some of the episodes that I, that I articulate in the book. And she did present some of her views to me about why she behaved in certain ways. And, and she also said she learned as well. So, yes, I do think it changed our relationship. <laughs> Well, I think that's beautiful. I mean, sometimes we're, you know, we're very afraid of what the reaction will be when we write something so personal, but I think it brought about a huge healing for you and for her and your relationship. Everyone, you're listening to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibble, and today we're talking with author Judy Batalion about her memoir, White Walls. When we come back from the break, we're going to discuss submitting articles to popular publications, handling rejections, and writing book proposals. Tweet us on Twitter at Crystal with the hashtag White Walls, and we'll be right back. 
Your story is begging to be told, but do you know where to start? Crystal Lee Quibell is dedicated to helping you achieve your book publishing dreams. Go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com, and sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter today. Welcome back to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal E. Quibel, and today we're continuing our conversation with Judy Batallion, author of White Walls, a memoir about motherhood, daughterhood, and the mess in between. Judy, many writers struggle with rejection, which I think is pretty inevitable in this industry. Yeah. Do you have any specific instances where you persevered despite being turned down? Oh, my goodness. I, I always say behind every success is like 50 rejections. <laughs> um, uh, oh my God, I think every instance <laughs> I've, I've, um, I've struggled um, with rejection. Um, you know, I have, this just happened to me a few weeks ago. So, um, and I think it's kind of an illuminating story, especially for new writers. I, uh, I had written a couple of years, uh, not last year, actually. I was a columnist for the New York Times Motherlode blog. Um, I wrote a mm-hmm. weekly column for them. I was, um, I, uh, you know, I, I obviously knew the editor well. We'd worked together. I knew the call. Co- I mean, I, I was involved, and I sent the editor a couple of pieces a few weeks ago, and uh, she wrote me back right away and was like, to the effect of kind of like, what? Why are you sending me this? This is totally not for me. Um, and I was like, oh, no. Um, and then five minutes later, I sold them both to another editor who I didn't even know at another publication. Um, so I, I guess what your question was, do I have instances of rejection? I mean, it, mm-hmm. Even even a publication that I knew very well and I knew people and I knew the editor, still sometimes you're just not writing what they're looking for at that moment. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with with the piece of work because it might work very well for someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, and it, it really depends on the person you're submitting to. You know, they could be sort of in a mood or they could just not feel it that day and you could submit you know, a month later and they love it. So it's or they, really... could have, they could have just run something very similar. Mm-hmm. They could have just bought something very similar. You, yeah, you don't all, it's a lot of factors are not about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, you have to really have that sort of thick skin and persevere when you're submitting articles and any type of writing. There has to be kind of a way in which you see your work as a product. Um mm-hmm. I like to think of myself sometimes as an artisan, and here's this thing I've crafted, um, and I'm going to try to sell it, like in a market, and some people will like it, and and some won't, and it's not as attached to me as I, as I begin with. Yes. When you decided to write your book, did you uh, map out any sort of game plan in terms of structure and chapter titles? Um, yeah. So I I sold the book um, as a proposal. I didn't write the whole book first. Um, And so as part of the proposal, I did a chapter outline um, and I figured out what the, as I was saying earlier, was it going to be a book focused on the search for home or on a love story was one of my drafts. Um, And then I settled Mm -hmm. on a motherhood, daughterhood story. Um, And so those were the things that I certainly had planned out in a proposal. Um, and I worked, I was very lucky, I worked with a proposal coach 
to help me do that and to show mm-hmm. me the kinds of proposal, the kinds of things that agents are looking for uh, when you do submit a proposal. Um, and so that was very helpful. Um, her name is Kimberly Auerbach Berlin, um, and she was um, really helped give me both knowledge about how proposal writing worked because it's kind of its own art form um, and uh, and really worked very well for me with my writing and um, was very supportive and encouraging. Mm-hmm. So, and anybody that wants to find Kimberly, she's at KimmyLand.com, K-I-M-M-I Land.com. If you're looking for somebody to help you with coaching through crafting a book proposal and really sending it out there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the authors that you admire and, and get inspired by? Oh, my goodness. I, I'm i the kind of person I read everything. Um but when I think about memoir, perhaps, I mean, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite authors is the late David Rakoff, um, the Canadian-born uh, um, essayist. Um, I, and, and in a similar way, perhaps uh, Alison Bechdel and authors like Shalom Auslander, his book uh, Foreskin's Lament. I really love memoirists who are able to write in a way that's both laugh out loud, funny, and serious and dark. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think in all those three writers I always look to um, and I'm I'm so in awe of of who I'd love to be one day (laughs) Um, and their ability to sort of shift between tones like that. Absolutely. And I feel like your book has this, beautiful mix of humor and then some very serious, you know, darker moments. And, you know, it's kind of a fine balance to really have that out there. And it was, it was a wonderful read. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Was there anything you found that was sort of surprising about the publishing process that you wish you had known when you began getting your book, like going through the process to publish your book? Anything surprising about the process? I think, well, right, I mean, the past the past few months I've been doing publicity for the book, and I had no idea how much work went into that. Um, <laughs> and I really, I really hadn't, like, I was like, oh, can I take on, like, it's been a full-time job for me for the past yes. few months um, of writing around the book and writing related essays and pitching pieces and that that I had I really had no idea how work intensive it was and it's something that actually it it's made me feel very um grateful that I've been writing now for a number of years um before publishing this book um I've published a lot of personal essays over the past 5 6 years and uh my my kind of rolodex of people in the magazine newspaper publishing world is so much greater than it was a few years back and it's and that's been so helpful in this publicity process. I know as writers, I I shouldn't say as writers, I myself am very impatient and I want everything published now. Um, Yes, I think that's true for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And why isn't it selling right now? And why isn't it right now? Um, It took me a very long time to write this book. And um, and as I said, I've been literally working on these themes for decades. So, um, yeah, one of the elements I hadn't really realized was just 
taking the time to expand my professional network has been so helpful. If I had published a book five years ago, I, I, I wouldn't have known, you know, a fraction of the people I know now. And that's just been through working and writing and submitting um, Absolutely. You kind of have to build your tribe to help you get your book out into the world. It's like bringing a village together to help you birth this this book baby. Oh, my God. They say it takes a village. I always say this took like a large urban megapolis. <laughs> and then like, you know, I, I mean, so many people were involved in this. Um Yeah. And even yeah. also as I, as I developed, like the um, – I was very uh, lucky to get this position at the New York Times, um, but and that wasn't something I applied for. But it was something that I, well, I did apply for it eventually. But it was something I it wasn't something I could have imagined in a sense. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, it wasn't that I said, "Oh, I'm going to write for the Times." I'm, I didn't. It's that I just wrote a lot, and in doing that, different people read my work. I made contacts I made, I became friends with people, I became professional colleagues and friends with people, um, and so things lead to other things that you don't necessarily plan for or anticipate, and I found that a lot in the writing life. And, I mean, this is how you're really building your team to bring the, the book out. How do you know when you're working with the right people? Like, how do you select those people that you know you want to work with, like working with Kimmy for the proposal and and finding your agent and editors? Oh, it's a really good question, and and it's a hard question, and I think a lot of it is gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also it's a hard question to answer because who knows how it may have been if you worked with somebody else. Um, but I think a lot of it is – a lot of it is recommendations through people you know, mm-hmm. um, people who are in your community, and you know people can see, oh, she would be good for her. She'd be a good agent for him. He'd be a good editor for him. So sometimes you trust those kind of setups, um, and uh, and and then you meet people and talk to them and mm-hmm. see what their ideas are. And you know sometimes you start working with people and it doesn't work. And that happens, too. (laughs) And you have to know when to sort of sever that tie and move forward. It's it's really, there's so many instincts in writing, I think. And you really have to follow your gut when you're working with people. Because this is your book. Like, this is your most, especially with memoir, you know, it's so personal. And you you want a team of people that really get it and understand and can help you bring it out. What do you think, you know, was there any sort of class you took or any sort of writing tools that you found helped you with the process of bringing your book out? I took a lot of writing classes over the years. Um, I kind of was always in and out of classes and workshops. Um, and they're, they're really, they're all quite different based on the teacher. Um, but as you're asking me this, I think there's one class I took with an author, Susan Shapiro, who I think was on your show. Yes, previously. she is fantastic. Um, and she really changed my world in some ways. She um, she really, really uh, was very harsh on me in a great way and really made me focus on who I'm writing for and really made me think about selling writing, which was 
very different than other writing classes I'd taken, also which were very valuable, but have been focused more on elements of craft or personal voice. Um, and Susan really sort of helped me think about, well, what did I want to do with this piece? And if I, wa- if I did want to sell it to a particular magazine, then I, then I have to think about what that magazine published and try to, you know, work my story into that model um, in my voice, but in, in the way that that would work on the outside. And that really shifted my perspective about Absolutely. writing. You know, many of our guests have raved about Susan's classes, and I think it's so important to always be learning when you're a writer. You never stop learning how to hone your craft and become a better writer. What do you think it is that, for you personally, that you feel you've learned throughout this process that's really improved your writing on a larger scale? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Another great question. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I'm gonna t- I'm I'm gonna tell an anecdote from my an experience I have with my editor. I'm not sure it's gonna really answer the question, but at one point I I was very concerned about how the book was gonna work in terms of the there's kind of two narratives in the book and and I I had all these like uh, questions I you know I sent her an email something like well you know if the narrator is gonna switch in and out is it is it gonna be every two weeks or every one month. Um, and then what's going to be the distance, and then the narrator shifts here, and then can I put this in here? And, you know, it's very detailed and and mm-hmm. um, co- totally neurotic email that I should never have sent. But And she kind of <laughs> wrote me back, my editor, at Penguin, and she just said it was kind of something to the effect of, you know, dear Judy, uh, basically, whatever works was her answer. And, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right, whatever works. And, I, and it had made me realize I was so much – searching for um, an equation or some answer or some, mm-hmm. you know, the narrator is going to be in this position relative to this story. The viewpoint will always be like that. Then you can shift it. Then you can, And it doesn't really work that way. Sometimes you can just do a chapter in a totally different voice, and somehow that just works in the telling. Um, and I guess you asked me what I learned about my writing, and I think – I think it's maybe maybe that's a bit what I learned. Like I can't I can't be so um, prescriptive or focused on fitting some model. Sometimes whatever works. Mm-hmm. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you have to really. T- yeah, it does. You have to. Work There's a poetry within- to it. You know? Absolutely. There's a total poetry in finding your own prose and how it works. Judy, I just want to thank you so much for being here today and congratulate you on a very successful book birthday. Thank you so, so, so much. Thanks for having Judy- me. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Judy Batalion can be found at www.judybatalion.com. Please do make sure you order your copy and leave a review on Amazon and Goodreads. Want to win a free copy of White Walls, a memoir about motherhood, daughterhood, and the mess in between? Visit crystalleequibel.com and sign up for my newsletter to receive the bonus after the show Q&A material and enter to win. Join us next time on Literary Speaking for more tips and tricks on how to get your work published as we speak with Mark Allen, author and owner of the New World Library. Join me on Twitter at WriterCrystal, hashtag Literary Speaking, and keep the conversation going after the show. I'm your host, Crystal Lee. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.